with hills and valleys on your victory 91.5 that's a good album <laughs> just like five songs but it's an awesome album <laughs> oh, ep i guess always, always good to have just a little bit have them all powerful i, I love that one and that's uh, royal taylor is uh, the band that torin wells is from so if you wonder if you recognize that voice you know, <laughs> i know i knew that voice you literally that just literally like popped into my mind see like that- Putting puzzles together one piece at a time. <laughs> it's what I do. This is Keith and Ray. We are on talking about Passover. I've got Ray in. He's been here since 7 this morning teaching on Passover. And still he, teaching. And you are still going. And you're still going. We we had a caller earlier uh, just call in talking about the, the Catholic Church and and Passover. Right. And the contemporary Catholic Church and Passover. And so we kind of wanted to, to speak into that a little bit. Sure. Because it's it's really it's fascinating as you journey back through time um, to see what happens and what parts. Because you, you wonder today if you go to a typical Protestant church or non-denominational or what, it really doesn't matter where, most of them do not uh, encounter Passover. Mm-hmm. There are some groups. There are obviously Messianic churches and there are some spirit-filled groups that uh, do Passover, but your average ordinary that came down through the Protestant Reformation, they they pushed that out. And it, even through Martin Luther, if you go back and study his words, you know, a great man, but boy, he had some seriously um, uh, words that were used by the Nazis. And all. it's, I mean, it took this journey down through time that mm-hmm. was very, very rough. And so one of our lists, we have a lot of really phenomenal Catholic listeners. And mm-hmm. so, uh, We've uh, been blessed through the years to get to, to uh, uh, I don't know, just to jump aboard some things, Amigos with Christ uh, and their water wells in Nicaragua, and they actually gave us a, a generator that mm-hmm. we use whenever our power shuts off. So we had a great time, and uh, it's interesting because one of our listeners was talking to my wife just now, Katrina, and was sharing that you talk about a journey through time here. So way back then, Constantine, you're in the first 300 years, and through the these these various councils that even the the Protestant Church recognizes, they were pushing and pushing and pushing Passover out. And she was saying, you know, in the modern day Catholic Church, uh, they actually most have observances of Passover. Mm. So while it's uh, while it was originally pushed out there, they found a way to bring it back in and, and honor and show esteem. Yet still on the the Protestant side, there's still a lot of work to do mm-hmm. to uh, regather. So if you wonder where it went, it's just uh, it's just a little piece of history there, and you you really have to go back and and find a way to put it in because even our calendar throws it out. Mm-hmm. So you have to take the steps to do that. And I appreciate Katrina calling just because it's uh, it's a good thing to realize that it, it has to be intentional. It's not going to just uh, pass over. It's not going to jump on you as you walk by. Mm. It's You're going to have to go and reclaim those things to recognize and to really encounter God that way. And I just got to say through my life, I, I was blessed because we, as a child, we celebrated. So it was something that first revealed Jesus to me. So it's obviously a very dear heart a part mm-hmm. of my heart, so, but I appreciate the call just to uh, to add that clarification because we certainly don't want to leave any confusion there. Mm-hmm. So it was pushed out, it was pushed and pushed and pushed, and few are just bringing it in back and bringing it in and bringing it in. There's some back to the Atlanta area, a lot of great messianic congregations too. We'll have Passover seders. I know Bethel in Roswell's having theirs. I think Saturday. Usually they sell out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're a very 
powerful encounters if you've never been to an official Seder. So if you want to do that, you can uh, simply uh, call one of the the Messianic congregations that are having it and get you a chance to encounter. I'm going to kind of take you through the Passover elements over the next um, probably hour or so. In Passover, there are things to do that have meaning, and there are things to eat that have meaning. <laughs> Tell, what more do you need to hear than that? Well, that's still Passover. So the first symbol of Passover is light. Every Friday night at sunset, at Jewish Sabbath meals, the woman of the household has the honor of lighting the festival lights. So likewise, to begin the Passover Seder, the woman of the household has the honor of lighting the festival lights at sunset. So light is a symbol of God's presence. And the question you have to ask is, why does a woman light the candles? Now, unfortunately, in many homes, that question, as, as David always shares, you grow, growing up in a Jewish household, you don't get the symbolism all the time. You just, you're going through a ritual. But Eve led the human race into sin, but God chose Mary to be the mother of Jesus who would redeem mankind. So it's interesting to notice that Eve was the first to fall and the first to be redeemed. That's powerful. God is always about redeeming. And it doesn't even matter how bad the mess up is. He's there to redeem it. So uh, the prayer you pray, this is in English. Blessed are you, Lord, our God, King of the universe, who sanctified us with his commandments, commanded us to kindle the festival lights. So I just want to encourage you, if you're here from the south and you're going through Passover Seder, so they'll give you the phonetic sayings in Hebrew, and it's kind of nice, but if you're from the South, you're probably never going to pronounce them right anyway, so go with English unless you just want to have fun. It's just the burden we bear. I remember our early, when Corey was like three or four, we were doing a Passover Seder in Baruch Ta. I was going, okay, let's just shift back to English here. <laughs> so, um... It's fun. It should be a family time. It should be a, a, an awesome time that you get to encounter God. But I want you to see, God's not looking for Adam and Eve's anymore. He's looking for Mary's. He's looking for people that can, that he's, I'm sorry, he's not looking at people who can follow rules. We all fail. It's the burden we bear. He's looking for people who allow him to be born in them. He wants to reveal Jesus. So that's why Mary has a significant part in when that woman steps in there, you know, for so many households, they don't recognize what they're doing, but they're, they're allowing the light to come back into the world. The washing of hands is the next part. John 13 begins the Passover, and it continues until the Garden of Gethsemane. And so I want to walk you through how Jesus changes the Passover at the Last Supper. Number one was the washing. The Old Testament priests would do this elaborate bathing process to be clean so they could serve. For thousands of years, the priests misunderstood that this was a shadow of the Messiah and said they saw themselves as too clean to touch the unclean and the hurting people. And you see this throughout the New Testament. The Bible says Jesus got up from the Passover meal, poured water into a basin, and began to wash his disciples' feet. So talk about flipping it. Instead of washing himself, he washed their feet. Profound difference. That's why when Peter says... Uh, you know, when I just rather have a whole bath. I don't want you to wash my feet because it was offensive for a master to wash his feet. It was humbling. And and it was always so hard for him to understand because he'd grown up with the symbol of the the master being clean and now he's washing and you know it it really threw the entire Passover off. It just blew his mind for it. so he he knew that he was doing something wrong from a Passover perspective. Plus He's washing his feet, and then he's going to touch their food, which is kind of gross. So who knows what, where the direction was coming, but he knew something was wrong. And Jesus said, being clean or holy 
enables you to serve the unclean and the hurting people. So he's teaching them a very profound lesson. I'm not just making you clean because you're sinful, but there's a purpose behind this. I want you to serve people. Uh, the other thing that was significant to change here <coughs> is called the sop. Uh, Jesus gives it to Judas. It should have been given to Peter, James, or John, because it goes to your close friend, your beloved. Taking the sop is, in a, in a sense, it's almost like a marriage. It's, it's saying, you're my beloved, and receiving it, I said, yes, I love you with all my heart. So it was, uh, you know, it's an encounter. Now, in modern days, a lot of times you... Uh, you put all the various things in it, including horseradish usually, so sometimes you're just making it in a, in a fun way to really light somebody on fire. But originally, it was a very sweet thing. So, again, Peter, he's confused. He's a zealot. He knows when things are done wrong in a Passover Seder. So he gets defensive saying, uh, wait, I would, never def- I would never betray Jesus. And, of course, he again misses the purpose of the change in the tradition. Jesus washed Judas's feet and gave him the sop. And he's saying, son, I know you are. I know what's in your heart, and I am your only hope. Because he was a friend of sinners, not an accuser. So looking at the future, not the history in Egypt, Jesus is revealing who he is as Messiah, and he talks about the Father and the Holy Spirit. So they're not going back in history to give a history lesson. In, in when you read this in John, you're reading how he's preparing them for the future to go forth. So he talks about peace. John 14, my peace I give to you. He's in this part of the Seder, you dip an egg in salt water. It's the peace offering. He's dividing up this roasted egg among them, and he says, eat this. And he's shining a light on all the sacrifices of the past, and he's saying... This is more than an offering for your failures. It's my peace that I give to you. You don't have to make sacrifices anymore. I'm about to die for the sins of the world. Because Jesus was the meal. He was the water. He was what it was all about. God serving fallen man, rescuing, redeeming, becoming the Passover. And uh, then Jesus messes up the watch night service. Absolutely. You're supposed to stay in the room (laughs) and pray. And he takes them to the garden to wait for the death angel to come for him. So he preaches and then he prays. They all fall asleep. And clearly none of them are the oldest son, but Jesus is. (laughs) And the guards are coming to take him to his death. So why did he change the tradition? After After closing the Passover dinner, Jesus had to leave the city because the atonement lamb's body was always offered up to God outside the city walls significant thing. If you were celebrating the Sunday as Palm Sunday, you might have thought, well, they're entering the city, they're laying down palms. But that wasn't all. It was also when the lamb was brought in to for the sacrifice. So that was when you set apart and said, this is the lamb I choose and I accept this lamb. So when they're throwing down the palm branches, they're, they're receiving the lamb. That was So the Israelites understood that in a much deeper sense. But when you get to Gethsemane as part of the Seder, Judas shows up. Now, remember, he just had his feet washed. He ate the sop. He said, yes, I do love you. You're my beloved. He was the bride of Christ in that moment. So he's come into the garden as Eve would have come to the garden. And again, (laughs) filled up with a snake inside. And just like Eve in the first garden, he, Judas, betrays him. And Jesus says with the kiss, (laughs) he says, wow, isn't this familiar? The same thing that happened with Adam and Eve. And so uh, mm. it's, a, it's a very unusual encounter when you take it and put it in the context of the Passover meal. But that, that meal, that Last Supper, has a lot more meaning. If you've missed any of the parts earlier this morning with our Passover teaching with Ray Haynes, you can go to our Victory Facebook page. 
and be able to click on those, be able to listen back, maybe even just get your family together this weekend and listen to a few of them and just be able to make this yours. Make this an important time in your family's life. We're going to come back with Ray Haynes once again with part number 13. Thank you.